Hey everybody, welcome to the Game Changer Lacrosse Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Yavoli. The Game Changer Lacrosse Podcast is about talking to people who have dedicated their life to the game of lacrosse and learning about who they are, how they got to where they are today, and what they do to improve themselves and their teams. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at GC Sports, and if you're a coach or a parent, check out Game Changer Team Manager in the App Store. You can ditch the emails and spreadsheets. The free Game Changer Team Manager app streamlines communication, scheduling, and live scoring into one easy-to-use app. Game Changer Team Manager is 100% free for your entire team. Learn more at gc.com forward slash team manager or search for Game Changer Team Manager in the App Store. Today in the show, we have the head coach of Navy men's lacrosse, Rick Soul. Coach Soul is a graduate of Washington College, where he was a two-time All-American and National Midfielder of the Year. During his time there, he won two national championships. He started off his coaching career at Washington College as an assistant to the 1986 National Championship team. He then moved on to become an assistant coach at Georgetown before taking the head coaching job at Dartmouth University. His final season at Dartmouth, Coach Soule's team won their first Ivy League championship since 1965. He then moved on to restart the lacrosse program at St. John's University. After St. John's, he took over as head coach at Stony Brook, where he was named America East Coach of the Year in his final two seasons. He then took over as the head coach at the Naval Academy in 2011. He's now on his seventh season as head coach at Navy. He's helped guide the midshipmen back to the national spotlight with their eighth Patriot League title in 2018. Coach and I got a chance to talk about a lot of different things like connecting with players, learning different coaching styles, one of his models for tough decisions, injecting fun into practices, and much more. Here's my interview with Rick Sowell. Coach Sowell, welcome to the show. Hey, it's great to, great to be a part of it, Joe. I appreciate you reaching out and uh, looking forward to talking with you. Yeah, I'm excited to get to talk. Um, so let's get started like I always do. How'd you get started playing lacrosse? How I got started playing lacrosse? Well, it, it all started, um, I, I was back in junior high, high school now. I was your, I guess you could say your traditional three-sport athlete. Played mm-hmm. football, played uh, basketball, played baseball, and um and so uh, when I was in about seventh or eighth grade, grade I guess it was, mm-hmm. um, a, a teacher came to our school district. He had just graduated from Hobart College, where he had played lacrosse there back in the back in the seventies. Mm-hmm. And um, and so he comes to our school district. He teaches math, and and so there's where I meet up with him. He he started coaching uh, coaching basketball. I played freshman basketball for him. Mm-hmm. Played JV football for him. Well, and. I guess I was in eighth grade. He started the lacrosse program at my high school, Horseheads High School in upstate New York, mm-hmm. um, just about uh, probably hour and a half south of Syracuse area. Right. And um, and so um, yeah, he started. It was a club. It has to. Uh, you have to go two years of club before you become a varsity. So mm-hmm. um, you know, it was a club lacrosse sport, and I didn't know much about it, Joe. To be honest with you, and I would see. You know, guys walk around with sticks in their hands, but didn't really play pay an awful lot of attention to it. Right. Uh, meanwhile, again, I was playing for um, you know, Coach Coach Moffat. Tom Moffat um, is is his name, mm-hmm. and as I mentioned, played football for him, played basketball. Well, 
when I was a sophomore, that was the first varsity season for uh, for the program. And so mm-hmm. what he did um, is he started recruiting, you know, a bunch of the bunch of the athletes, guys who played football and basketball. And right. we, we we still talk about this story. I don't see him an awful lot, but when we do see each other, it does come up. But um, I, uh, football ends whenever in May, and yep. from whatever day it ended in May, till literally. Now, literally the day before the first day of practice, which was probably sometime in March back then, mm-hmm. he was trying to convince me to play lacrosse. Come on, you got to play lacrosse. And I'll remind <laughs> you, I played baseball. I was a sophomore at the time. I probably was going to try out for varsity baseball. Yeah. And I was a decent baseball player. You know, I you know, made all the all-star teams growing up and, and all. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, of the three sports, that probably was the one I wasn't as good in. And so okay. – um, but I still wasn't sure. Um, and, you know, and of course he's trying to explain the game to me and, you know, sticks and you can hit people and, you know, you get away <laughs> with it, <laughs> you know, and I'm looking at him like, what, you know, and, and I, I don't know to this day, Joe, what ultimately led me to say, you know what, I'll try it. And hmm. um, as, I, as I mentioned, it was the day before I'd never seen the sport before I played it. Yeah. Um, the day before the first day of practice, um, I, I committed to playing and um I guess you could look back and say the rest is history because yeah. uh, it has meant so much in my life. I, I just can't even be- begin to explain, but right, uh, that's, right. that's how I got going. Yeah. Can, can you, can you remember what it was that, uh, or, you know, when it was when you decided like, Hey, this is the thing that I wanted to play at the next level that you wanted to play in college. Yeah. Well, you know, and that now we, you know, that's a great question because my, my first year, um, I was a long pole defenseman, mm-hmm. and back then, back then, the rules were, you you know, you, you could have one of those medium length sticks. Um, I, I can't remember when they when they changed the rule, but um, so my you know I didn't have a long pole, mm-hmm. and, and I didn't have a forty two inch um, pole. So I right. you know I played long pole. That was my first year, and then uh, my junior year. I became a I became a midfielder, um, and um, and so that's when I, I you know things I guess started to to, to click, and um, you know started to have some success. Our team was having some, uh, having success. We went my first year we were five and thirteen. My second year we were ten and eight, and then my my senior year we were fourteen and five. We lost in the, the uh, first round of the sectional play, playoffs but so you know we, we were a program that uh, we have a lot of pretty good athletes um mm-hmm. we had a coach that was you know an excellent coach he was very hard on us yeah. <laughs> you know back in the days of um you know where you could you know where you could really push your you know push your players and, <laughs> right. and dare i say even do things and say things um you know we we, we kind of compared him to bobby knight i don't know you know how familiar yeah. you are with bobby bobby knight and the way he approached the game but yeah. um but we were that's the thing about it joe mm-hmm. our football teams our basketball teams and then now our lacrosse teams we we you know he he used to just work us so hard in practice you know and and of course you know your high school you're wondering you know what 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 you're doing why you're doing but we won you know at the end of the day and so I right. think and if you and if and if I really had to um, give an answer as to why I ultimately chose to play lacrosse and follow this coach was because at the end of the day 
we won every sport that I that he coached me in, and yeah, you know, yeah, right. we we, you know, I would say we paid the price, but you know, we <laughs> certainly worked, you know, to have that success. Um, and there's there's a there's something about that, you know, where you know you've worked your butt off. Um, he he's pushed you beyond what you thought your limits were, right. and 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 then you see results, you know. Mm-hmm. And we weren't the most, uh, as you can imagine, we weren't the most skilled lacrosse uh, program. I mean, we've only been playing for a couple of years. A lot of guy, a lot of guys were like myself started right. playing that that first year and so as i got into this junior year and then my senior year he he was the one who was planning this you know the bug like man you can play in college you, mm. I, I, I i thought i was gonna go play football um yeah. and um not big time football by any means um division three football I was, and then as it turned out i was gonna try to play both um mm. and uh, i was maybe gonna go to ithaca i was thinking about Cortland. i was thinking about hobart's where i was um, was actually supposed to go mm-hmm. for more football than lacrosse. I was, yeah. a, I was a quarterback. It was a quarterback, D back in football. And, um, and so he, my coach was the one who said, Hey man, you, I think you could, you know, you, you know, you got a career in lacrosse and I wasn't sure, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm just kind of going along and, and, right. and, you know, I guess I was taking him at his word and, um, and so, yeah, I, I was supposed to go to Hobart. Things didn't work out there academically. Mm-hmm. I did not hold up my end of the bargain academically. Right. So I ended up having to go to a junior college, which I thought I was going to go for one year, and then I would transfer to Hobart. Mm-hmm. And that didn't work out. Um, right. And, um, you know, lo and behold, I, I stayed at um, my junior college for two years, Colvisco uh, Junior College. It's in upstate New York, which yeah. back in the early 80s, it was, um, you know, along with Nassau and Farmingdale. And, um, you know, Colvisco, I mean, you want to talk about some really good lacrosse and, and players. Really that went good on lacrosse play. players, yeah. Yeah, went, yeah, you know, went on to play big time play Syracuse and, you know, Maryland and mm-hmm. Washington, you name it, Towson and Hobart and Cortland. I mean, there, it was, um, and it was different back then, back in the 80s. Um, uh, but, yeah, there's some really good lacrosse, junior uh, college lacrosse programs. So right, right. Uh, I ended yeah. up having to go to Copasco. Yeah. So uh, so tell us, I mean, you touched on it a little bit, but how did you end up at Washington College? Well, I ended up at Washington College because um, um, the league that I played in uh, in high school, um, Corning East, you've, you've heard of Corning East, right? Absolutely, um, yeah. Uh, the, the, um, the head coach, um, his name was Joe Corkin, well, his son – um, one of his sons was Terry Corcoran, who was a, a, a you know star at Hobart, and he was actually real good, really good friends with my high school coach. And so um, he ended up the year before, I guess my sophomore year, he ended up getting the, the Washington College job. And so they were in a rebuilding phase, a little bit of a rebuilding phase then. And so he was you know looking for you know junior college players, and of course again he knew my high school coach. Right. Um, his dad, of course, knew who I was from, you know, pl- you know, playing against each other. And so he was the one who, um, you know, convinced me to, you know, to, to go to Washington College. I, I, you know, it was certainly um, a lot different from where I grew up. Um, mm-hmm. I'm an upstate New York guy versus, you know, eastern shore of Maryland. It was a very small small college Uh, i looked at maryland a little bit looked at delaware Mm -hmm. uh, at least visited those schools Uh, but man when when i went in to talk to him uh, and uh, there was like four or five of us from Skill that went on a little trip recruiting trip and Mm -hmm. um man we sat down and and he just um you know started talking about what he wanted to do with the program and I just knew right then and there i didn't know much about the school i just knew i wanted to play for him and um 
And so I was the only one of the group of us. Uh, a couple, a couple of the guys that I went on that trip with, uh, uh, trip with, went to Syracuse. Chris Bruno and Matt Cacciato. Uh, they were right. defensemen. Um, didn't play a lot, but they went to Syracuse. And, yeah. and then the other uh, ones with the I forget Towson. One with the Maryland. But I, I was the one that went to Washington College. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of guys behind me, a year behind me, they ended up coming to Washington College a couple of years later. But hmm. uh, so yeah, that's how I ended up um, down in Sea uh, Town. And yeah. Um, you know, it was a, it was a great experience. I, I yeah. wouldn't trade it for the for the world. When uh, when you first got on campus, did you feel like it was a fit right away, or was there any uh, uh, you know issues with uh, transition? Um, I mean, it's a good question. I, I think um, I'll be honest. I mean, I I, I get down there, and, and there was a, was a big that big big roster. And so I wasn't sure, you know, I was like, man, you know, um, all these players, Maryland players, um, you know, there's a few, there's a few from actually from Long Island and then there's some from upstate and I just didn't know where I fit in. And, right. um, you know, and so, you know, it took, you know, probably took a couple of weeks. I can't ex- exactly remember, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, you're just a little nervous. You're just not sure. Right. You know, right. and. And um, and I think a lot of us have probably gone through that stage where you know, okay, it's a it's a new, you know, it's a it's a different opportunity. And and you know, I come out of high school and and then I went to college and and now it's like okay, you know, you're going up to that next level. And right. um, and I hadn't been playing all that long. I've been playing literally five years. And so um, you know, I did wonder you know how I was going to fit in. But um, um, you know, I think uh, and I. I probably started out. I can't exactly remember. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't on the first midfield. I know the first, uh, you know, the first couple of weeks, but it didn't take long before, you know, eventually I was able to right. you know, work my, work my way up the, um, up the depth chart. But, right. um, but yeah. 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 I always, I always ask that question cause I'm curious, you know, I mean, I even think back to my college experience when I was, you know, sort of similar to what, uh, sort of similar to the transition that you're talking about. I was from Long Island, New York, um, and then I went down south to a you know totally different college experience, um, yeah. and there's like a little bit of a culture shock, you know, and it takes a few weeks to sort of figure that out. Um, you know, so uh, I'm curious, what do you uh, when you deal with that nowadays? Uh, you know, when there's uh, when there's a freshman who comes to school, you know, comes to Navy, and you know maybe there is a little bit of a, a I'm sure there is most of the time a little bit of a learning curve, a little bit of a culture shock. Um, sure. what are you, what do you tell these kids those first couple of weeks, those first months, uh, yeah, of their time away in school? Yeah. I just try to relate to them, you know, that it's something that we all have to go through, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and certainly here, as you mentioned, it's, you know, it's, it's, um, it's a unique situation. It's, it's not like, you know, most other, um, you know, college mm-hmm. and university, mm-hmm. um, environments, particularly, you know, for the, for the freshmen, they call them plebes here, um, mm-hmm. you know, because, um, you know, they don't get a lot of leave time on the weekends and, um, you know, they're doing an awful lot of other, you know, military obligations outside of, you know, going to school and of course being a division one lacrosse player. So I just try to relate to them that, you know, it's just all part of life, you know, going through the transition, um, um, you know, whatever stories we could share that, you know, that, that even though it, you know, it's, different i want the you know my uh, transitioning to washington college a different environment as you as as you know as you alluded to just a total you know again I, I alluded to it earlier where it was a different environment by way of me being an upstate versus you know right. maryland eastern shore um 
I, you know, this is not not afraid to throw this out. Of certainly being an African American, you know, mm-hmm. it certainly adds a little bit, a little bit more to it. Um, right. And um, and so, uh, but I think, uh, you know, just expressing to you know these young men that um, you know, hey, it's kind of like, hey, we, you know, everyone has to go through it. You know, you'll you'll get through it. Just take it right. day by day. And I think them um, knowing, especially at the end of the day, we practice in the afternoons. Um, that they that they're going to play, go out and play something that they enjoy. Be right. you know, be a you know, um, you know that immediate bonding that that you know takes place with you know when you join a team, and and certainly the way that our our upperclassmen, our seniors, really our entire team, even our sophomores, mm-hmm. welcome our players with open arms and the way they treat them. Uh, it really helps accelerate the you know that transition and that comfort level of right. feeling a part of the team you know right. and so um, it, it's not I, I play a little bit of a role yeah. but the team yeah. the team does such a great job that um, you know my role is secondary um, you know compared to you know the, as I mentioned the upper class seniors right. and the makes captain sense. so makes sense makes sense um, so uh, you know. After Washington College, what uh, what made you want to start coaching? Well, that I, that happened when I was a, between uh, summers of my freshman and sophomore year of college. Hmm. I went back home, and um, one of my buddies who I graduated with, his dad, who was a very um, he was very much into youth sports. You know, he was involved in youth football youth basketball, youth baseball. That yeah. was unbelievable. Um, and so he started a lacrosse, a youth lacrosse program mm-hmm. in, in our area. And so me and my, one of my best buddies, we decided that we wanted to, you know, we wanted to coach in it. And, mm-hmm. um, man, did we have a ball. It was just yeah. awesome. We were coaching these, these kids. Um, you know, they were in sixth, fifth and sixth grade, fifth, sixth and seventh grade, some that, that age. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so we, you know, we started coaching. There was probably, I think there was like six teams the first year. Right. And um, we just had a ball with these kids, you know. Yeah. And, and um, I just fell in love with it, really, at that uh, at that point. I was like, man, I, I would love to be a coach. I thought, you know, a high school coach, you know, I thought I'd be a gym teacher. Joe, right. Joe, to be that, that was what I want. I was like, man, I'd love to be a gym teacher where, you know, I could just kind of play all day and, you right. know, just be around sports and coach. And so um, that's, that's when it you know, really hit me. And then my, when I, I, I had to um, finish school after I, I graduated, after I stopped playing lacrosse at Washington College mm-hmm. uh, in 1985. Yep. It was my last year of eligibility, but I had to go back in the fall because I had transferred and credits and the whole thing. So I right, had to, right. I had to, um, you know, some more school. So mm-hmm. I, um, but I, but I wanted to get back to coach Corcoran, you know, for everything that he had meant for, you know, to me and my, my, you know, my life, you know, um, right. I was just fortunate enough to play for him and the opportunity that he gave for me. So mm-hmm. I wanted to get back to him. And so I decided to stay that whole year, you know, that whole year to help him. And then okay. I decided to, to stay another year. So I was there for two years after I, after I stopped playing in 1986 and 1987. Um, Steve Bevel, good, good buddy of mine, who's now the Cortland state head coach. Um, yeah. He and I both um, stayed and, and basically did the same thing. And, um, you know, back then it was a lot different with assistant coaches and we had, you know, we had part-time jobs, you know, I worked right. at a sporting goods store and, and we were doing other things to make ends meet. Um, yeah. but it was great though. It really was, um, you know, yeah. just fun to, 
you know, again, be a part of, um, you know, the Washington College program, coach learning a, a different side of the, you know, the coaching side of it and, and what it takes there with recruiting and, and all of that. But, right. um, and so, um, you know, those two years were very valuable um, right. for me in terms of taking the next step. Yeah. So if you can, if you can remember back, what, what were the biggest lessons you learned those first two years, um, you know, of coaching right after playing? Man, you know, an awful lot goes into just planning a practice, you know, and, um, you know, just being on the other side and, and understanding, um, you know, how to relate to the player to get across certain things, you know, and, and, you know, the player you look at it one way, but, you know, as a coach, um, especially since, you know, I, you know, I'm still playing an awful lot too. And, and, you know, um, you know, maybe, at times, I'm sure I know being frustrated, like, why aren't these guys getting this? You know, it's right. like, you know, we coach it like, what, like what, you know? And, right. and, um, I'm sure all, all the coaches go through that phase where, you know, there's a frustration, um, you know, you thinking that, you know, you say it, let's go do it. And it just doesn't happen that way. And, and the other, the other big piece I learned, I think too, Joe, and I, and I, and I will admit I've, I've struggled with from time to time, but I certainly, it got me going back then was mm-hmm. coaching, trying to connect with different personalities, you know, right. and, um, you know, you just can't be the same way with, with everyone, you know, sometimes, you know, maybe you got to kick a guy in the butt, you know, but other mm-hmm. times you gotta, um, you know, maybe you gotta back off and, and right. be, you know, you know, you know, you know, as they say, you get more, what's the saying? You get more flies with honey or whatever, you know, right. just being, yeah, yeah. being nice. And so, um, that just learning how to, um, and that's, that, that's not to say that you still can't be firm, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I do consider myself a fair, but firm coach, if mm-hmm. you will. But, um, those are just some of the things that, that I started to learn, um, just, you know, and just being around coach Corcoran and, and I mean, he's, he's just, you know, he's got a, you know, just tremendous mind lacrosse mind. And so, um, just learning under him, um, you know, that, that's, um, you know, that, that was, I guess you could say the foundation, but I I can even go back to my high school coach and learn, you know, what we learned from him and the approach that he took towards us and Mm -hmm. and how that translated to to success. So, yeah. So, so I'm I'm curious, cause this is, this is one thing that I do hear from a lot of coaches that come on the show is, you know, you need to learn sort of to tailor your, uh, you know, not everybody responds the same way, um, you know, to coaching. And, and I'm curious is how do you, how do you learn to get better at that? I mean, that might, that, that, I'm sure that's a hard question to, an- to answer, but how do you learn to deal with certain kids differently than others? Yeah, that's, that is a, that is a hard, that's a, that's a hard one. And I'm still, <laughs> I still have my, you know, I still have my, um, you know, my times when I, when I look back and, you know, I'll get on a guy and then I wonder like, man, I probably shouldn't have done that. You know, right, he, right. he probably needed a little bit, a little bit different, um, mm-hmm. you know, approach than what I gave him. But I, I think to be honest with you, I, I really do think that um, once they get to know who you are mm-hmm. and what you're about, I think that that, that helps a lot too. You know, they see different sides of you. Um, right. you know, I, you know, I, and you know, just, you know, as much as I want to work hard and, and practice, and we do get after it pretty hard, I, I, I like to think a, a lot of times 
I do like to put fun into it as well. And so mm-hmm. I don't want them to always think the coach is a bad guy, you know, and, right. and so, <laughs> you know, we have fun and I bust their chops, you know, and, 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 and they give it back to me too, you know, and I, I know some of the young guys, you know, at times are probably wondering like, Oh my God, you know, and, 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 um, you know, coach, you know, coach is, you know, poking fun at this guy and this guy's busting coaches chops, you know, and, and coaches, you know, he doesn't right. mind, you know, and, 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 and I'm sure, um, it's kind of a natural, you know, I, you know, freshmen aren't going to, you know, um, you know, you know, bust a coach's chops. He's not, you know, right. it takes a couple of years before you get to that point, you know, of, of <laughs> right, having that comfort, right. you know, level with the, with the coach. But I think, um, I think that has helped me. Um, and I, and I will say this, that, that has been something, um, you know, and I'm, I've been coaching long enough now where, um, you know, you, you know, I like to think that I've matured, but I, I fought that early in my career because I was a stubborn, um, you know, coach and, and maybe at times, you know, hot headed and, 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 you know, too, you know, probably, you know, um, overdid it, you know, from, Mm -hmm. from time to time. And, and so, um, you know, I think it's, you know, for me, I, you know, it's easy for me to say now, because I, I do feel like I've really changed, but, you know, Mm -hmm. me 20 years ago, 25 years ago, we would probably be having a different conversation, but, Mm -hmm. um, I do think though, being able to show different sides of you and, and just, again, bringing them in the office, having conversations with them, not necessarily about lacrosse, you know, about life, about, you know, whatever interests them. And, and um, you know, when they know that you care, uh, right. I think that's something a, a lot of coaches will will point to, you know, do, that you care about them, you know, beyond them helping you try to win a ball game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that helps too, you know? And so, right. yeah, when I get on him, he understands that, yeah, may, you know, maybe coach is mad and like, ah, man, you know, coach get off my back, but you know, there's a respect factor there. And right. um, the young man knows that, um, you know, maybe I want to hear what coach, you know, is telling me, uh, he thinks I need to hear it. Um, and, um, but, uh, and maybe I don't like the way he's, he is, um, giving it to me, but in the end, I think once they, they may not that at that second, but once they, you know, take a second to think about it, I really do think they, they, you know, they understand, they get it. And, right. um, you know, you come out the next day and you, you know, you take a different approach with them and then you move on and, and, um, you know, hopefully we've gotten better as a result. Right. Makes sense. Makes sense. So, um, so how did you end up at Georgetown? I ended up at Georgetown. You know, I guess there's an old adage: if you can't beat them, join them. Um, Coach <laughs> York, um, who we couldn't beat. We beat one, once my senior year. We beat them during the regular season. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually broke their. They had a, like a forty-something game winning streak, Division Three winning streak. Uh, they had, you know, as you know, you played at Syracuse, played against Hobart, but um, yeah. uh, back in the '80s, you know, they were just a powerhouse. Um, and then he leaves Hobart to come to Georgetown. And that was huge back then. I think it was 1989. Um, Mm -hmm. And that was like when, you know, Tyranny leaves Princeton to go to Denver. I mean, that was huge news. And, um, and so um, his first year, um, they, he had a couple assistants, but they were part-time assistants. And they told him after his first year that they would um, have the resources for him to hire a full-time assistant. And so I was at St. Albans at the time. I had coached at St. Mm -hmm. Albans when I, when I left, Washington College after the 1987 season, I moved to Washington, D.C. with a good buddy of mine, Kevin Givlin, who uh, was a teammate of mine at Washington College. He had moved the year earlier, and so he said, come on over to Washington, D.C. And so I I ended up um, going over there, living with him, and he ended up getting me set up with uh, St. Albans. 
mm-hmm. he took the job at Georgetown. He had worked there the year before, but took the job at Georgetown Prep, where he became, um, geez, a, a legend of a coach. He spent 20-something years there and, and won a, a gazillion games and, <laughs> and sent a number of uh, – a number of um, you know players on to the to college. You probably played with down at Virginia. You played with any Georgetown prep um, players? Uh, you remember? Yeah, definitely. Um, and um, and so um, so I was there at St. Albans for three years, and um, he he and, that we, and we knew each other. Um, and I used to work his lacrosse camp. I actually went to football camp up there. But his first year, he would he would come he'd come to a lot of our games. He'd come to a lot of our games, and you know you know seeing our team play, and because because um, uh, St. Albans and uh, Georgetown University are very close. It's basically like a mile up the road, and we used to practice right. at a field um, off the St. Albans. Um, school grounds mm-hmm. we had to take a bus to practice which was right across the street from georgetown university so he'd come over and watch our practice and he'd go, come to a lot of our games and so we got to know each other um pretty well that that year mm-hmm. and so when the year was you know when the year was up and um he could hire a full-time assistant he asked me to be his he, he asked me to be his assistant and um uh, it took me about three seconds to say yes <laughs> you know here i was um <laughs> You know, going to work for you know Dave Yurick and at a at a you know school such as uh, Georgetown University, and they were really committed to you know building the program, and and mm-hmm. so um, ended up spending eight years, eight great years with him and, and yeah. his family. I'm I'm still very 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 close with his his family, Scott Yurick, who I'm sure yeah. you've heard of Scott Yurick, and um, the um, two two um. Two, 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 two daughters, Holly and, and Mindy. Holly's the oldest child. Scott's the middle child, and, and then Mindy. Uh, we're we're still very close to this day. And um, you want to talk about learning? And it was a different style, Joe. Yeah. Totally different style from my high school coach to my college coach, Coach Corcoran and Coach Moffat. Um, coach uh, Coach um, Yurick. It was a totally different style. And I think. I think that was probably one of the reasons. I, I don't. We. I don't know if we've ever talked about it. I, I, I'm guessing it's one of the reasons why he hired me, because uh, I was a pretty good bad cop, and he he loved being the good cop. Yeah. You know, and so, um, <laughs> right. Uh, we had a great. Um, you know, it was a great combination. Um, and as I mentioned, it was just eight great years that you know spending under him and building the program up and and um, you know having some some just some great experiences. Yeah. Yeah, if if you can remember, what what were some of the what were some of the biggest lessons that you learned from Coach Eric? Oh man, you know he he just um, he, he had, first of all, you know giving giving back to the sport, which I I I always said, you know, again I coached a bunch and and but that he was really big on that, you know, giving back to the giving back to the sport. But one of the biggest. One of the biggest lessons, one of many, was just how humble he was, you know, and the approach that he 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 took, um, you know, he and people used to come in all the time, you know, um, who heard of him, whether they were, you know, sports, um, you know, vendors and people just coming in would would know about Coach York. They you you would think, you know, that he would have this big ego and you know he would just be you know just just be one of those guys that just you know very. I don't know, wild and just, you know, confident, but he was so humble and he was just another guy, you know, he yeah. was just another guy. And, and I, I, you know, I just learned, I mean, he would, you know, he wasn't afraid to, um, 
you know, when we had to, you know, the back in those days when, the, you know, there was snow on the field, maybe he had to shuffle the snow off the field. He's out there <laughs> shoveling the snow off the field, you know, the yeah. head coach, you know, yeah. he's not having, you know, the assistants do it or the players. Now he was, you know, we were all doing it, but he was doing it, you know, and, and right. so, um, you know, that was just, you know, and then just the things that you learned, um, you know, just his family values, you know, and, and for so many years, and I still do it every once in a while, but certainly my, when I first became head coach, um, and this is, I guess, the sign of, you know, you know, him having a really big impact that, you know, whenever it came to a tough decision, you know, like what would coach, so what would coach York think, you know, what would, you know, what would he, what would he be thinking, uh, you know, and just how he handled, how he handled, um, situations, you know, I mean, I was, I was again, kind of a, I don't say a hothead by any means. I don't want to say, you know, I was one of these guys that was just a looning, uh, um, you know, Raven lunatic, because that wasn't me at all. But, you know, I used to be hard on our guys and, 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 and he showed me another way, you know, he really did. And, um, I, I also do think he did like the way that, you know, my approach, but I, he just, he, he refined me, you know, and, right. and kind of took some, you know, you know, um, you know, kind of took some of the rough edges off my, off my coaching. And again, I think mm-hmm. some of that was, you know, maturity and, and, you know, that kicks in too, but, right. um, you know, he was a funny guy. He was just so, he, he, the guys enjoyed our practices uh, go back, you know, we're going to talk about planning fun practices. I mean, he, you know, he made, he went out of his way to make sure, you know, the guys that, you know, the practice was, that was fun. And, right. And, um, and you could work hard, but you could still have fun. Uh, yeah. he, he definitely was all about that. So uh, those yeah. are just some of the things, but um, there's just so many. I and I'd have to continue to think a little bit harder to right, right. You know, to come up with them. But um, it was just a great, great eight years for yeah. me. You know, the the one thing that that always uh, will stick in my mind about Coach Eric, and, and I won't mention any other uh, coaches' names, but you know, when you're when you're being recruited in high school and, you know, you have to tell a school that you're not going to go to their school, sometimes you don't always get the best reaction from, you know, the head coaches, um, you know, and that's understandable because you're saying like, hey, I'd rather go to another school over your school. And, you know, that's might be hard to take sometimes. And I got some, you know, when I committed to Virginia, I got some, I don't want to say bad reactions, but definitely people weren't happy about me turning them down. But, uh, but when I called coach Yurik at Georgetown and let him know, Hey coach, you know, I appreciate, I, I appreciate your time, but I, I am going to go to Virginia. He was the only coach that was more or less like, actually what he said to me was good for you, young man. He like, he, he was so happy for me. Um, and he was so, he was so, yeah, you know, he, uh, he, he, there was no sort of animosity or he wasn't annoyed. He was just like, you know what? I'm happy for you. I think you're going to do great there. It was great. Yeah. I, I, yeah, not nothing but good things to say about him. Um, That's classic Coach Urich. That right. is him. You yeah. know, he he gets it. And um, right. I don't. I not that you and I can. You know, we can. I know we're talking about different. You know, another topic. But yeah. um, I just don't understand why coaches. You know, like what good it does for them to. Yeah. You know, when a young man calls me, I wish him the best of luck. You know, yeah, you bummed right. out. You're disappointed that, um, you know, he decided to go somewhere else and, and you know, he's a damn good player like yourself. And you're like, dang, you know, but man, what? Yeah. You know, I don't know what good it does to, to have yeah. these, some of these reactions that I do hear about all the time, to be honest I, with you. Yeah, I had, uh, I, I, had, I had heard that it happens, and I never – I always thought people were exaggerating. I actually had – I had one coach more or less hang up on me, basically say, like, well, I think you're making a mistake. And then hung and hang up, and it just didn't. I I couldn't believe it. 
But, you know, uh, you're, yeah. you're, you're, you're what, 17 years old, you know, yeah, and that's right. tough enough for you to have to pick the phone up to make that call. You know, it really is, right. you know, right. you know, it's, you know, 17 year old, 18 year old young man, that's not an easy call to make, you know? Right. And so, you know, you know, to, to just make it, you know, harder on the young man. I just don't, I just don't get it. And, right. um, yeah. you'll, know, yeah. you'll, well, that's one thing. I'm very proud of, and mm-hmm. um, you know, you'll never hear that story about me. You just will yeah. never hear it because I just that's won't. Right. I won't go there. You know, I just right. won't go there. Right. Um, but that's, that's just me. Yeah. No. I mean, I, I think I think that's the way to handle it. Because I mean, like like I'm even saying right now, I'm I still remember that reaction remember. from Coach Eric. Yeah. Right. You'll I'll remember that for the rest of my you'll, life. Yeah. You'll never forget. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, all right. So I, uh, I'm keeping my eye on the clock. I, you know, I want to make sure we, we get through everything. So, uh, you know, sure. I know we could talk about, you know, Dartmouth and St. John's. Um, but I, I want to make sure we spend enough time on, on Navy. So could we skip ahead sure. a little bit and, uh, could we talk about how you ended up, uh, at the Naval Academy? Yeah. You know, it, it was, um, you know, it was at Stony Brook. Um, you know, I spent, you know, five years there and, and, um, um, was was really happy there to be to be honest with you. Um, yeah. Which, if you had told me ten years, fifteen years before I moved to even St. John's, if you had told me that I would ever live on Long Island someday, I would have told you you were. There's no way that was going to happen. That was not, <laughs> all my years of recruiting, you know, at Georgetown, going up to Hofstra and and having to see, you know, all the, you know, the sectional games, I just, the traffic there and just, I feel, I felt like I got lost every time I went up there. Right. Like, how, like, how can anyone live here? You know? And so, um, <laughs> lo and behold, you know, I take the St. John's job and, and then, you know, a couple of years later, I, you know, I ended up, you know, taking this, the Stony Brook job. And, and, and I, you know, when I left, I really, I was, I was, my, I'm, I was very. We loved my family, and I loved Long Island. Certainly, the the bagels and the pizza. You can't go wrong. You can't, can't go wrong that. You know, can't uh, with that. either of those. Um, <laughs> but um, but so yeah, we were very happy at Stony Brook. My w- wife worked at um, in, in the admissions department, and and we were having some pretty good success. Um, you know, I know you know, couldn't couldn't beat the couldn't beat the the Cavaliers, the, the Wahoos. Though you know, we had a couple <laughs> really good games against them, and in the quarterfinals that one year and, and, and then some of those regular season games. But, um, um, you know, so I'm, I'm sitting home. It was July, I guess, early July. And, um, you know, just someone reached out and asked if I would have any interest in a, in the Naval Academy job. And I said, heck yeah. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I suppose I got to be somewhat tight lipped on, you know, how things kind of progressed from there, but that, that's right. what really got the ball Rowan, I did, um, you know, it was, it was, it was, um, you know, again, you know, I was approached and, um, and then, you know, they got word back to the the Naval Academy and then, you know, kind of one thing led to another and, you know, came down for an interview, hit it off with the, you know, with the, with the AD and before you, before you knew it, I was um, heading down to um, Annapolis, Maryland to, um, to, you know, take on take on this job and and right. so I've, I've been i've been lucky as, as as heck joe i mean we mentioned georgetown eight years there and and then i get a chance to work in the ivy leagues up at dartmouth people thought i was right. crazy for 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 taking on that opportunity and we, we were fortunate enough to you know to turn things around it took me a few years no doubt um mm-hmm. some people thought i'd never do it um yeah. and then i you know 
thought maybe I would go to a different program after Georgetown and then after Dartmouth. And I go to St. John's. I go, you know, start a program from scratch and, yeah. and then I head out to Stony Brook. So I've been pretty fortunate. Um, mm. And um, But to be here at, at the Naval Academy and to to work, um, you know, at a place like this with the young men that, um, that I get to work with and the people, you know, around the program and, and just here – it's pretty special. It's a pretty special um, opportunity that 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 I have, and yeah. believe you me, I remind myself and my team, you know, what an honor it is not only to coach here but also to, to play here on a, on a regular basis. Right. I really. Yeah. So I, I'm curious about you know when when you take over that job, uh, you know, I, I always ask coaches, you know, how when they when they take over a new job, how they go about setting the tone for the program, but. I would imagine this this has an extra layer to it because you know you're taking over a team at the United States Naval Academy. Um, so, so how do you, how do you approach sort of setting the tone for your team, you know, with a bunch of, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're at, you're at, you're at Navy. How, how do you approach that challenge? Yeah. And, you know, you, you mentioned the extra layer and, and the extra layer when I took the program over at the Naval Academy, unlike other places, was the fact that I took over for a very popular coach. Right. So that's what made it even more challenging for me, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. Um, you know, in other places I've taken over, um, you know, Dartmouth, um, um, they hadn't had a lot of success in, in many years, you know, and mm-hmm. coming in and, and it was a little, even though there were, you know, you are, um, you know, coming in and kind of putting your stamp on, on the program. Um, you know, it's not like, you know, they had a lot of success and, and, and that sort of thing. So I guess right. it was a little easier, even though yeah. the fact that they didn't have a lot of success, you know, it was, you know, those, those first couple of years were very tough uh, when, right. when it came to, you know, trying to get some wins. Um, but coming here, even though they hadn't had success for a couple of years before I got here, so it wasn't uh-huh. like they could sit here and go, hey, you're coming in and you're, you know, you're, cha- you know, you're changing something that, that's not broke. Um, right. The fact that they they really um, you know they they you know they just they loved their head coach before me, Coach Mead, and he was very popular. He was a great coach while he right. was here, and so I used to kid, you know, I, you know, um, you know, Vince Lombardi could have came through the door, or you know, Newt Rockney <laughs> could have come through those doors, and and, and you know that was still going to be tough for 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 them, and and. Right. So the transition was it just was a little tougher, um, and so I, as a result, and I look back on this, and you know, I think, and I've said this before, so this isn't, um, you know, maybe not all of it's been, you know, out, out for public, but and I, those first couple of years were there some regrets, yes, the way I went about some things, because um, I, I did have in mind that. You know, it was a team that, um, you know, was missing their head coach. And meanwhile, I'm trying to come in and put my foot down. But I'm also trying to be um, aware of, you know, the kind of the sensitivity of the, of the you know, the program. And then on top of that, we weren't having success. So that made it worse. And and um, things were being second-guessed. And, and um, you know, I think the players, too, I know a number of them have – you know, gone out of the way to, you know, tell me some, some things, you know, them regretting how, you know, things went those first couple of years too. So it, it was very challenging, Joe, it really was. Um, yeah. On top of the fact, as you mentioned, you know, that extra layer, I think you were thinking, uh, you know, that it was maybe I was going to, going to be a different answer, but on top of the fact that a place like the Naval Academy is yeah. not 
as I mentioned at the beginning of this uh, this conversation, it, it's different from ninety nine point you know nine percent of the other schools out there. It's it's right. us, it's West Point and and, and Air Force really. Mm-hmm. And so learning and getting used to, and, you know, as, as I've said a number of times over the years, it was like learning a new language and it was more like a Japanese language, not a Spanish language, you know? Right. And so, um, you know, so you had th- that adjustment to make as well. And, um, you know, again, those first couple of years, it, it added up to, um, you know, just, a, a you know, a, a whole lot of frustration from, you know, from a lot of different people, right. but, um, you know, we you know, slowly but surely, you know, started to, um, you know, kind of put that, my foot down. It, it really, to be honest with you, my, I think it was my third year. Mm-hmm. It was one of these deals where I said, okay, enough is enough. I'm right. going to do it my way. And, right. and, I, and I don't care whatever happens, whatever happens, you know, so, you know, at right. that point where you just go, Hey, uh, you know, enough, enough. I'm, this is how it's going to be. You know, if you don't like it, uh, you know, and I, I tried, I tried to, you know, you know, I was like, I don't care if it's the best player on the team. If he doesn't want to be a part of it, he that that's fine, you know. And so right. that fall, I really, um, you know, I went after it hard with them. Now, what I didn't know, I didn't know till literally till the springtime, till April, was that the captain at the time, this young man by the name of Brendan Gain, he had told the team that that uh, that year, that fall, he's like, fellas, whatever coach throws at us. We're not going to complain. We're just going to take it. You know, don't just, we're just not going to be no complaining, you know, enough. Right. And I didn't find that out till April. And, um, cause mm-hmm. that fall, I mean, we got, we'd get up early in the morning and I was putting them through these just, just very hard workouts. And, and I, and all, they'd be like, you know, you know, what do you got for me? You know, I was just not, not literally, but I'd work right. them hard and I'd be like, man, these guys, <laughs> you know, so the next day I'd crank it up a little higher and, and they were just not breaking. They were just not. And, and um, we ended up having a, just a really good fall. And, and that was the year we started to, to, to turn. That was 2015. That was the year we really right. started to turn things around. We we had some success that year. Then the next year, that's when we went to the quarterfinals. Um, mm-hmm. But it was that year, you know, when, when we started beating Army for the first time. It had been a while since we had beaten Army. And right. so it's been four years in a row now we've beaten Army, which has been mm-hmm. huge. Um, yeah. And so, um, but yeah, those first couple of years, the transition of taking over a, a very popular coach, mm-hmm. uh, as I said, I, I broke the cardinal sin of, um, the cardinal rule of coaches. You don't want to, you don't want to replace the popular coach. You want to, re- you know, you want to replace the coach <laughs> that replaces the, co- the popular coach. And, right, uh, right. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so I've, I've, uh, I've managed to, um, you know, to, um, uh, you know, kind of, you know, kind of fight through it all. And, yeah. um, so you know, here we are today. If uh, so, to I think what I'm hearing you say, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that you know those those first couple of years you were approaching coaching the team about like all right, you know I'm replacing a popular coach. You know everybody everybody liked him, and you're trying to maybe think about how how do I need to how do I need to mold myself to the way things used to be here. Rather than being like, you know, how do I, um, you know, be like, how do I be myself here? Uh, is is that the correct way? Like you, you no, sort of. Well, there's no question, no question. Yeah. How how can I how can I mold myself? Not so much to how they used to be, but mold mm-hmm. myself where, you know, you know, I can be who I need to be, um, mm-hmm. you know, and and not, uh, you know, and you know, and 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 it's really a lot of you know it's not so much me changing who I, who, 
who I was, but, uh, you know, just trying to continue to be who I am, mm-hmm. but just, you know, coming in and, and, you know, cause I, I, you know, I, again, I, I think, um, you know, I, I consider myself a fair, but firm coach. So, you know, being firm, um, I think there are just times where I was, um, again, maybe, maybe, maybe it was wrong. Maybe I should have just come in and said, this is how it's going to be. And, and, mm-hmm. you know, the, my way or the highway, but I just right. respected, I just was sensitive to, you know, them. And, and again, a lot of things I did, what, and there were some things I was like, this is me. And this is, you know, I was thinking more about me. And then there's some things I was thinking more about them. And, right. um, you know, and then I was, I was, there was some times where I was conf- confused because I didn't know, um, you know, is, do I have to treat them? Do I have to treat them this way because they're at the Naval Academy or can I treat them this way because they're athletes or, you know, right. how do I treat them? And, and, you know, sometimes I zigged and I should have zagged and, and, mm-hmm. and listening to people who and maybe I listened to maybe too many more, too, too many people instead of just making that decision. And you know, I thought right. I would get all these different opinions and that just screwed me up, you know, right, and, and right. It wasn't, yeah. maybe I don't want to make it sound like I'm, it was, you know, it was every day, you know, but just, there was just yeah. times when, and especially when you're not winning on top of it, you know, and so now right. they don't, you know, now they're looking at you like, you know, mm-hmm. you know, that, you know, they don't have a lot of confidence, you know, just, you know, and I'm like, well, geez, you know, we weren't winning before we got here. Maybe if you, if you listen to me, maybe we'll, you know, maybe things will change. <laughs> and so it was just, right. you know, just went through some of that where I think at times it was, um, there was some stubbornness mm-hmm. on both sides. You know, I think, right, right, right. you know, the players at times, I think I was stubborn at times. Times. Mm-hmm. And then I go the other way, you know, and then I would right. say, okay, maybe I got to be a little bit more sensitive to them. And, and mm-hmm. the, but then I'm fighting things. I'm fighting my own instincts. You know, I'm right. like, this is not me, but I have to, you know, and then I get ticked off at myself because I'm, I'm letting something happen that I don't maybe believe in. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And, right. And so right. There's yeah, where, so, so how, how has it changed? How, how was the, how was the tone and how is your approach today versus, versus then? Oh, it's easy. I mean, now it's, um, you know, again, once that those first couple of years and I, you know, we put our foot down, then we started having success. And then now it's um, the other side of it, too, Mm -hmm. is, you know, you're recruiting players that you develop the relationship, um, you know, their sophomore years in high school, their junior Mm -hmm. years in high school. So now you know, it's just a lot different than when you come in and you take over a program and you don't know right. these guys, you know, and right. so, and they don't know you. It goes back to what I was saying about even how I coach them, you know, uh, you know, you, again, you're coming in as this new coach, you start yelling and screaming at these guys and they're looking at you like, who are you? They don't know you yet, you know? And so right. um, now they, you know, these guys know who I am. The, you know, the, when the freshmen come in, the older guys can now tell them this is who coach soul is. If they, you know, mm-hmm. if something happens at practice, now that's just coach. He's going to get on you for a little bit, but he's going to love you up the next minute. Don't worry about it. Just keep, you know, just listen to what he's saying and try to, you know, you know, do it right the next time. And so, you, you know, you have that, um, you know, just that, that, um, whatever you want to call it, support or connection or just that they, they, they know who I am now, you know, mm-hmm. and, right. and, uh, and, uh, you know, having some, some success helps for sure. And, um, and, uh, but also, you recruiting these guys now, of course, the rules have changed. So, you, you know, you're not recruiting them when they're ninth graders now, you know, right. and, you know we got to wait till after their, their sophomore years, we, we get, right. you know, we get to start recruiting them in July. Everybody else has to wait till September. That's a service Academy rule that none of it, we didn't have anything to do with it, but so we get a couple months start on the, the rest of the field. Mm-hmm. But, um, uh, so that it's just much easier now. Right. 
um, being here for, you know, this is my eighth season now. So it's, right. um, you know, I, I got things the way I, you know, things are, you know, pretty much the way, the way I like it. And, um, you know, I have great relationships with all my captains, which helps like, to, mm-hmm. like this morning, I got a text cause I've gone hard on them the last three days. It's our second week. And I told yeah. them it was going to be hard. But um, the captain's like, coach, um, just want to let you know, you know, and I know our guys are sore and tired, and 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 I and, I'll, and I'm going to take my foot off the gas pedal today because mm-hmm. we're going to have a, an inter squad scrimmage tomorrow. But mm-hmm. you know, I rely on them a lot to to you know, like, tell me how the team's thinking, what they're feeling. Now you got to respect if I say we're still going to do it this way, you know. But then there's times where when they come to me and I go, you know what, let's do it that way, you know. And so right, right. we have that type of relationship, which you know, those first couple of years, you know, it was just hard to establish that that connection you know yeah um, right makes sense we have it it in spades now so i want to talk about uh you know how you guys run practice so can you walk us through what a typical in-season practice would be like for you guys yeah yeah we um well i guess this time of the year versus once the season starts it's it's a little different right you start preparing Mm -hmm. for your opponent um right but we typically we typically um you know, you know, according to the course of a Monday through Friday, you play on Saturday, and 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 we only have one midweek game, I think, this year, which um, I, I like very much. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't like midweek games. I mean, I think with the parity in our sport these days, um, you know, and 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 you know, our league, and and so I, treating it similar to football, we're just playing once a week. Right. Um, you know, really does. Um, uh, to me, it, I think it's in the best interest of our program, and I do think, at a place like the Naval Academy, um, with these guys and what they have to go through, you know, during the week, sometimes those midweek games uh, could be a bear. Believe it or not, midweek games on the road um, sometimes might be a little easier than midweek games at home, um, mm-hmm. just because they get, you know, we get to get away and get them off the, you know, get them off the yard. Oh right. Um, yeah. But um, we have, we have. Um, um, typically we have just one or two this year. We, we have one. So, you know, uh, Monday we are, um, I'm a, I'm a big fundamental guy, Joe. I, mm-hmm. I, I really do strongly believe in fundamentals. I, I believe, um, I believe in, you know, teams, my, my teams are typically in, in really good shape. That's a big part of, um, you know, how, how my, my philosophy. Um, and I think at a place like the Naval Academy where that's yeah, the Naval Academy, you know, we, you know, we we we're we're you know we're representing um, you know we're future leaders and there's there's just something about because um, you know I think it's the same with West Point and Air Force um, you know you're you're whether you're a fan of Syracuse or Virginia or whoever you're a fan of mm-hmm. um, and I don't, I don't know if it's the next school or the second but most people are fans of the service academies. You know what I mean? There's something about <laughs> right. the service academies. People respect what these young men are committing to um, mm-hmm. and their futures um, as leaders of, you know, our, our countries in some way. And, um, you know, some of these young men, you know, what they're going to go off and do, uh, say, you know, being a Navy SEAL. I mean, it just garners just a tremendous amount of respect. And, mm-hmm. you know, the fact that they compete, at a high division one, you know, sport, I think also lends itself to just rooting for, you know, the, the you know, the, the service Academy. So we take, you know, we, we don't take that lightly. I don't, mm-hmm. you know, I think representing our, you know, when we go out there, we want our opponents to know that, man, we're going, we're going to play hard for 60 minutes. You know, at the end right. of the game, whether we win, lose or draw, you're going to, res- you know, you're going to respect us beyond just, beyond just 
the fact that we go to the Naval Academy. And so mm-hmm. uh, my teams are typically, um, you know, we, 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 you know, conditioning's a very high priority. Fundamental fundamentals are a high priority for me. But we'll practice. Um, we usually practice in the afternoons, 3:45. We start. Um, um, I, I, I we'll have a um, usually we'll have a position after we warm up. Um, you know, we'll have a position period where you know I'll take the middies and you know Coach Wilner will take the defense and mm-hmm. um, Coach Camposa will take the goalies. Coach Parks will take the attack, and we'll work on something fundamental. It may be a shooting drill, or dodging, or stick work, mm-hmm. something along those lines. Um, and then we'll you know we like to. Um, um, you know, the, depending upon the flavor of the day, maybe, you know, um, early in the week, say on a Tuesday, we want to get up and down a lot more or Monday, mm-hmm. Monday, Tuesday. So a lot of transition drills and up and down. Of course, the players love that, you know, they love getting up and down, <laughs> and, you know, right. the offensive guys, you know, and, um, and so, um, you know, so we'll, we'll, you know, that will be part of what we do. Um, you know, then, you know, we'll work on our riding and our clearing and we'll do them and, you know, we'll do them. We, we may do a lot of full field where, okay, this 10 minute period, is just all transition. And then the next 10 minutes, we're going to work on our rides and clears. Now we may drill it too, before we go into the ride and clear part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and, and so maybe today we're going to emphasize, te- you know, the 10 man ride versus a, a drop back ride. And, mm-hmm. and so we'll, we'll tailor it to what we want to really focus on that day. Um, and one thing that, um, and that I think being here at the Naval Academy, I'm, 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 I'm really conscious of is our guys uh, during the summertime, they don't get a heck of a lot of time to play, you know, play lacrosse and, and, you know, work on their games or what have you because they have professional training. And so um, mm-hmm. they'll get a four-week block where they have uh, leave time. They can go, you know, it's, they go home, they go on vacation or wherever. And, you know, if they get lucky and it's towards the end of the summer, maybe they'll catch a tournament or two, Lake Placid or Ocean City or, you know, I know there's ones up in New Jersey too that our guys have played in. But um, playing in a league the whole summer and, and you know, three months off and being able to play a tunnel across, that's just not that's just not happening here at the Naval Academy. Right. So um <laughs> so as a result, you know, when we come back in the fall, I just feel it's important and I, I know I'm talking fall now versus spring, but it does does um there is a tie into it because even during the springtime we feel that playing a lot with our guys, it it's it's you know, they need to play a lot, you know. But we right. certainly in the fall you know, when they come back, we, we really do let them play and, 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 and try to have that fun that you have during summer league, you know what I mean, where you're running mm-hmm. around, you're playing, and, and you know, and, and um, it's not that loose. But, at, you know, we do want we, – you know, we're trying to get something out of practice, don't get me wrong. But we right. do it, – it is my philosophy that, man, these guys don't get a lot of time to play in the fall – in the summer. Mm-hmm. So we we got to – we want to – and so we typically play t- twice during the fall, too, just to give them something to look forward to. Mm-hmm. This past year we played – um, we played actually two back-to-back weekends. We played um, Rutgers and UMass um, up at Rutgers, and then the following weekend we played Towson and St. Joe's. So that was great. You know, we got a lot of lacrosse. You know, against yeah. some really good teams, and so we just so that philosophy it does carry over into the spring, where um, you know we do try to play um, a lot throughout the course of the week and learn while they're playing, um, versus just a bunch of drills and that sort of thing. Now we do. We shoot a lot. We try to dodge a lot, to be honest with you. Um, mm-hmm. 
And, um, you know, this first week and a half or so, uh, of course, you're trying to you're trying to address everything. Last last week, we really focused on the riding and the clearing part of the game. Um, mm-hmm. And then this week, we settled into more of the half field, the off, you know, the, 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 you know, the offense, defense. Like last, last week, we didn't – we had to – believe it or not, we had an even, a, an even shorter shot clock because we didn't want to play as much six on six. We just wanted to mm-hmm. react to different situations and transition and rides and clears and, right. and working on the substitution game. And, and so that was our focus last week. And, um, but as I said, this week – the focus has been more extra man. You know, we've been doing a lot of extra man. We've been doing a lot of half field. We've been doing a lot of um, working on our substitution. You know, the games that you play where you're trying to pick the guy off and sub. you know, or maybe you're playing five guys, five guys are playing, you know, on offense and you stick the one guy out, you know, uh, um, off to the side. And so we're, you know, those games, if nothing else, we have to defend against teams that, you know, we know the teams will do that to us. Um, Uh You know, we do, and we're doing some of it ourselves. So we, so we, you know, that was something that we've worked on this week. Um, right. And so, as I as I mentioned, the first couple of weeks, there's so much you got to work on everything, you know. Right. Um, but once you right. get into the season, it starts to get a little bit more, you know. Especially, you know, you start preparing for the opponent. We we typically want our Tuesdays to be very hard weeks, um, mm-hmm. or excuse me, very hard days, just mm-hmm. because I want our guys. Even though we only play one midweek game, I just want our guys to have that mindset that you know we play on a Saturday. You know, we have Sunday, Monday. We might have to play a game on a Tuesday. You know, and you, right, if right. we may have to play one of our our Patriot League tournament games, we've been fortunate to, to get to buy a few of those years where we haven't played on that Tuesday. But if you um, if you don't get one of the first two seeds, if you get four through six, mm-hmm. um, or three or three through six, excuse me. You're playing on that Tuesday, you know, after you know the end of your season. So you you could have to play on Tuesday, then a Friday, then a Sunday, um, you know, in our Patriot League tournament. So we just like to, you know, that mindset of you know, Tuesday is going to be a hard day because you know we have to play on a Tuesday someday. Right. So that that tends to be a, a day where we're doing a lot of running and working on ground ball work and and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. Um, right. And then Wednesday we start preparing for our opponent. You know what we're you know if there's any funk anything funky that we're seeing. Mm-hmm that you're doing that we got to spend a little extra time on and, and coach Ron are certainly, you know, getting a beat on their offense. Um, so mm-hmm. we'll spend time those, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, um, you know, of course, Friday, we don't do a heck of a lot. Um, we're probably out there for maybe an hour, um, and, you know, doing stick work, shooting some fun mm-hmm. drills that, you know, the guys get into and, and, um, and then we'll usually have a really good meal for them. Uh, well, if we're at home, we practice in our stadium on Fridays. Mm-hmm. We don't practice in the stadium, uh, throughout most of the week, we practice right here on on the yard, um, right. and, and they they don't call it a campus here; they they call it the yard. So, um, but on Fridays of home games, we, we'll go in the stadium. You know, the guys love just being up there and and just you know getting psyched for the game tomorrow, the next day, and and we'll have a nice meal for them. And so, um, so that's kind of it. Right. I mean, I didn't get too specific, but that's kind of it in a nutshell. Right. So then what, uh, you know, when you guys are preparing for an upcoming opponent, um, you know, again, sort of same thing, you have a, you have a game on Saturday. What does your week look like in terms of how you're preparing for an opponent that you're going to play on Saturday? So we'll start watching film. Of course, you know, Monday's a big film day. If, you know, you play on Saturday, give them Sunday off Monday, um, you know, it's usually a light day. We lift. That's a lift day too. Mondays and Wednesdays are are lift days, and we lift mm-hmm. on the middle of the day here. Um, 
we'll lift at we'll lift at lunchtime, and mm-hmm. um, we watch a lot of film at lunchtime too, um, because again their days are you know their days are pretty structured, and and they may have free periods throughout the day that we. Um, um, like six period, um, which is similar to a, a high school structure, where six period—that's the last period of the day. And uh, most of our guys—they they call them a blocker. You get a six period blocker. If you're if you're a varsity athlete, um, you could you get six period off so you can you know start to go get ready for practice. Not everyone. You may get unlucky and have a class where you know that it just—it's only given a certain time, you know, and it's that six period. And so, um, not everyone gets these blockers, but ninety-five percent of the guys on our team have six period off, which is nice. It, it really mm-hmm. is. So we can yeah. watch film. We can, we can, um, they can get treatment before practice. So that helps. Um, but as I mentioned, we do start practice at three forty-five. Um, and, um, you know, that Monday it's all us Tuesday is typically all us Wednesday, Thursday, we start turning our attention to, you know, our opponent, um, and, um, um, you know, film too, you know, um, our guys, as most teams are, you know, are very into the, you know, very into the film. And of course mm-hmm. the modern technology that, that, that we have here, you know, where right. we watch it as a team. Or you know we can send it, um, you know DV Sport. We're we we have we're, we use DV Sport here. You, they have what they call 360. So our guys, it's an app where we can send them a video clip. You know if I watch something in practice, and we film every one of our pra- every one of our practices. Well, Friday mm-hmm. practices we don't film it. Or we don't we don't film, but Monday through Thursday practices. So if there's something that we see in practice that we want to show our guys, we can just send it right to them and then we can put comments on it, you know, Um, but we do the same thing with our opponents too. We can, you know, with the, with the scouting, um, we can send them, Hey, you know, look at this defense that we're going to see here, you know, and we're going to work against it, you know, this afternoon when we get out to practice. And, Mm -hmm. um, and so we have a, um, you know, our guys are really committed. We have a scout team, our scouting guys, they're really into it boy. they watch film and, you know they really help prepare us for our for our opponents. They they really yeah. do. We they, you know, our guys here I think pride themselves on, um, you know, not like not let not wanting to let their teammates down. I, I know there's other places where I've coached where if you're a senior especially and you're not playing, that that could be mm-hmm. challenging. You know, to right. be motivated to show up every day and give it give it 100 percent in practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think we probably all have seen it from time to time, but. Um, here it's just not like that. Our guys are just all in, and um, I, and again, I do think it's because the uniqueness of what they go through here, um, right. and, and it's hard and it's different, and 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 they just don't want to let their teammates down. They, they they are very selfless. They really are, and so our scout team guys are really really into it. And let them score a goal. Let the scout team guys score a goal in practice. You think they won a national championship? I mean, they, and it really ticked <laughs> off our guy. You know the. You right. know, the They'll get all ticked off, and so it's a fun thing, though. You know, really, right. it really is. But um, so that that that's usually again Wednesday, Thursday, where we zero in on our opponent and maybe clean up some things on Friday with, with, in regards to our opponent as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, that Friday is um, you know short practice, some stick work, yeah. some extra man, man down. Yeah. You know, maybe just a little. Just you know, you want to go through a few things. You know, you don't want guys banging on each other. So it's you know mm-hmm. you know it's it's a um, low intensity. Uh, practice and and right and then you hope saturday we're we're ready to go yeah and so when you guys do look at opponents are you mostly looking at individual uh or are you looking at individuals on on your opponent or are you looking uh are you mostly looking at like 
general team tendencies? Well, probably both. You know, uh, you know, you certainly got to look out for the tendencies and you know what kind of offensive set they're running, how they're gonna, how they're gonna, de- you know, de- how do, how we think they're gonna defend us, um, mm-hmm. and looking for again those those tendencies. But when you have a player such as uh, you know Pat Spencer for Loyola, where you better you know you better zero in on him, you know, because right. he is a special, special, special player, and um, and so um, you know you spend a little bit more time. Um, you know, it's trying to um, defend him. You know, versus you know maybe maybe their 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 offense because he's a big part of their offense. Uh, right. You know, so it is a little bit of both. Um, you know, or you know, say we're playing a team like Lehigh, who last year um, they played a lot of zone, um, and so you know that's a week where you know man we're spending a lot of time on the on you know on the defense versus and you know you know any individual um, you know defender per se. Um, but, um, but so, yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's, I think, I think most teams will, will probably say it's a little bit of both. Maybe some weeks right. it's more the individual versus the other week. It's more of, you know, team, team tendencies. I will tell you this. I'm a big, big believer, Joe. And if we do the things that we're supposed to do, the things that we, you know, that we, that we, you know, we focus on and practice based on our philosophy, you know, I do, I do, I do think, uh, um, along those lines, if we do those things, um, then then it's going to then it's going to lead to success. Um, right. I don't I don't get I don't get overly overly into every little detail about our opponent. I, I really don't. I just think uh, I think again a good fundamentally sound team could you know I, I think um, could cover up you know could take care of a lot of maybe those tendencies that teams have you know and right. so I am a more I'm, I am a more throughout my assistant coaches are more the opponent throughout the week. Yeah. I'm more us throughout the week. Um, right. And, and so, um, but of course I know what our opponents are doing, but I, I I'm focusing more about what we're doing in practice, how we're doing it, um, where they're focusing more about, okay, getting our opponent, getting our team ready for our opponents, right. uh, you know, offensively and defensively. Yeah. Makes sense. Makes sense. So, so just real quick, uh, you know, I do want to ask you about, um, you know, the rule changes for this season. Sure. Um, how how are you guys uh, preparing for, you know, the eighty second shot clock? Are, do you guys um, are you practicing it? You mentioned you, you do run through through practice. Are you guys practicing it during the year, or is it you know something you're just you know hoping your players naturally get? No. Yeah. We we right out of the gate. You know, going back to last fall, we've been we've been practicing. Mm-hmm. It, and, um, you know, we've been working on, uh, you know, just, I mean, we're starting to, you know, the situational, aware, situational awareness of, you know, sh- you know, the shot clock, um, right. you know, will teams, if they're, you know, will teams play, how much zone will they play? Will they play it at, you know, 15 seconds left in the shot clock? Will they play it, you know, right from, you know, the beginning of the shot clock? Mm-hmm. We're preparing for, for all that teams riding, um, you know, are they going to, you know, pressure ride you? Cause you know, if, you know, if, if you know if you if you're forcing a team to have to work to clear it, so they're you know 16, 17, 18 seconds, they clear it. Uh, maybe they got to get D midfielders out of the game. Um, next thing you know, they got you know 50 seconds left to to, to run offense, and right. uh, you know, so we're you know we're working on that ourselves defensively, um, mm-hmm. trying to ride and 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 really, you know, force them to use as much much of that 20 seconds. So it leaves them less time, you know, to, to run their offense. But we're also preparing mm-hmm. ourselves, you know, to, 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 
to um, you know clear against a pressure defense. That's uh, a ride that you know that's going to make us you know um, you know take take more time than we want to clear it. So um, that's that's been a big part. No 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 question. Um, right. And um, you know you know again who I think. I think everybody agrees these new rules. And I'll be honest with you, Joe, I, I was one of them, one of the coaches. So I didn't really care. I thought the old rules weren't that bad. And mm-hmm. the shot clock, you want a shot clock? Sure. You know, and so um, <laughs> I, I wasn't passionate one way or the other. Yeah. But I like the rules. I like the new rules. I think um, I think, yeah. I think it's longer. It's not that. It's it's You can get some offense in. You know, you, can, right. you know it's not that quick where I know the, you know, the MLL, it's 60 seconds from basically yeah. the get-go. Um, and, um, you know, the 82nd, I do like, I do like that. Uh, I know some mm-hmm. people have a problem and who knows, I think, you know, maybe in a couple of years it will change and I, and I won't have a problem with it either, but if you get a reset, the reset to 80 seconds, it resets back to 80 seconds. If it hits the pipe or ricochets off the goalie where some people feel, um, that it should, if, you know, if you get a reset, it you know, probably shouldn't be that long, similar it's to what basketball to did 60. on an offensive right. rebound, right? You know, it's yeah. not, it's yeah, not. That- that seems to make sense to me. That's, uh, I, I mean, and, and sort of to what you were alluding to, I mean, I, I only remember it as a player. I've obviously never coached under a shot clock, but um, my first time playing with a 60-second shot clock in the MLL, I, I loved it. Uh, I thought it was great. It was one thing that I, I wish we had when we were playing college. And I also remember, and I've said this on the show since the 80-second shot clock has come out, um, it's more time than you actually think. It, there is, so, Joe. I yeah. agree. And what, what ends up happening is, you know, the players that aren't used to it, you get the ball on offense and you work the ball around a couple of times. Then you go to the cage because you feel like you don't have en- enough time left, but you realize there's 45 seconds left on the shot clock. Yep. Way more time than you actually realize. Way more so, time. So, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think it'll be a, a too much of a transition, but I, I do think it's a good I do think, I do think it's a good move. I'm, I'm happy that they made it. Um, what about uh, what about the dive? Have you guys been practicing that at all? No, no. <laughs> that is the one rule. That is the one rule of all the things that were talked about with the new, you know, you know, the last couple of years. That's the one that came out of came out of nowhere with all these meetings that that you know, we were in. It's like yeah. where did they, where did this come from? Uh, and <laughs> right. it, snuck us, it snuck its way, it, you know, snuck its way through. Um, yeah. And um, I think I don't I, I don't know too many coaches that are that love the rule. Um, mm-hmm. And, um, you know, especially, you know, with, you know, the, the odds of that are, um, the get, you know, the chances of getting a penalty, you know, a non-releasable penalty, if you dive, right. you know, dive into the goal and hurt and hit the goalie or what have you. And so it, yeah. it um, man, it, um, I, I just think, I just think that dive, man, if you're that, that defender coming across the crease, he's coming at your legs and you're, yeah. you're, you're right. jumping up and down guys have getting hit in the knee and the shins and, yeah, and um, I, I just I just think we're just asking for you want to talk about increasing chances of getting you know getting hurt. Forget about the goalie, just yeah, you know, just diving across, hitting you know, hitting that defender, or hurting yourself, your shoulder, and I, yeah. I, I don't know. I just I didn't to, think to it be, was necessary for to, yeah for the game. To be honest with you, uh, so I'm I'm sort of a I'm in the middle ground of you know when I play lacrosse is uh, you know when I was when I was really young like playing you know uh, fourth fifth sixth grade lacrosse. Um, you know, you weren't allowed to dive just because we were too young, right? Like sure. that wasn't that wasn't in the rule box. Uh, that wasn't in the rule book. And then by the time I got to high school, they had outlawed the dive in the NCAA. So they outlawed it in in, uh, in high school. So I never 
I never played with it in high school. And obviously they, it, you weren't allowed to dive when I was in college my whole time. And, and it, I always, I always thought that the reason why they outlawed the dive was because kids were getting hurt. Uh, and I, it's, it, I sort of have the same reaction to you. I, I don't understand why it all of a sudden came back. I'm not saying that it, that it shouldn't come back. I, I sort of want to see how it happens. And it, it feels like it's, it's working well in the MLL, but I am sort of surprised that it's back. It sort of came out of nowhere. I'm not really sure that anybody was talking. I, I'm, I might be wrong about that, but no, I, I I'm with you. Yeah. I, I, I do agree. sort of feel like it came out of nowhere. It, um, it'll be interesting yeah. to see how, you know, how it does affect the game. Right how many teams yeah are. i know there was you know one team or a couple of teams that were you know practicing it they had like mattresses out or something and they were you know right. practicing diving in, uh, into a mattress yeah. but i you know a couple of our guys have done it they did it back in the fall um and they were legitimate ones they were good decisions when they did them i was like yeah that that right. is you know the one time that you know you, you know that that makes sense to do but yeah that, if you can make have, it like, work What's that? If, if you can make it work, it's a good advantage. It's a good advantage for the offensive player. Yeah, there, yeah, there, no question, no question. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just worry because we have, you know, we have this young man, um, awfully talented, and he's he's a lefty, he's really slick, and he, you know, he's really got all those little cute moves, and he's he's a tough little. He's not that big, you know, mm-hmm. but he's a tough guy, and he he'll he'll do anything to score a goal, you know. And right. It's like, man, you know, I just don't want. I just I want I want to be careful with him because right. I don't want him to get hurt. You know, I mean, there's yeah. time in the scrimmage against Towns. He comes flying across the crease, and um, you know, and he takes the shot. It, it didn't he didn't make it, but he and just the way he landed, I was like, oh my god! You know, <laughs> right. can't stop, you know? so you got to be careful. You know, and, right, and right. Uh, he was laughing at me. He goes, he goes, coach, it, it looks a lot worse than it feels. He goes, my mom tells me all the time that I got to be careful too. But, you know, and I'm like, I'm with your mom, you know, he's, right, right. You know, he's just not afraid, you know, and, and yeah. um, you know, he'll do anything to get, you know, get to the goal. And, yeah. And God knows I mean, I, for it, but I, I could imagine if I, if, if I was playing when the, when the dive was around, I, I probably would have dove a lot, but uh, it's just, you know, something that I never really got used to. And it, it did sort of just take me by surprise. Like you said that, that yeah. it, it is all of a sudden back. Coach, listen, uh, you know, I, I don't want to keep you too much longer. I, I do appreciate the amount of time you've already taken. Um, but there is one question that I've asked everybody who's come on the show. Um, okay. what, what, are, what are three things everyone should be doing every day to get better at whatever it is they do? It doesn't have to just be lacrosse. Oh, whatever. Well, you know, right off the, right off the bat, um, I'm going to go with the, you know, the working on some, fa- some fundamental, you know, f- you know, something fundamental, you know, you know, mm-hmm. if, if it's your, you know, if you are playing lacrosse, you know, working on your stick skills, you know, working on, um, you know, being a better athlete, you know, whether it's, um, you know, whether it's getting in the weight room, whether it's, um, playing another sport, you know, mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of that. Um, um, I also think, um, you know, obviously the conditioning part, as I mentioned to you, you earlier, that's a big part of who mm-hmm. I am. Um, and, I, and, and watching it, whatever sport it be or whatever activity it is, you can learn a lot from watching, um, the, the, you know, the pros. And so, um, right. you know, those would be some of the things that I would, I would, I would say. Um, mm-hmm. But I do, I do believe in the multi-sport effort. I, I, I want to really kind of make pound that pound that point home um mm-hmm. you know bumps me out when when young men just you know especially if they quit a sport that they're good at too and and just to play lacrosse 
Um, because the one thing that you you don't get when you when you are just playing one sport uh, versus two, you don't get that competition in you know that you're getting in that other right. sport you know, and that's a that's a big developer right you know mm-hmm. that competition. So I encourage the young kids to play multiple sports for as long as they can, and um, you know there'll be plenty of time to hone in on on the lacrosse part, but uh, you'll be right. a much better competitor as a result. So right, right, makes sense, makes yeah. sense. Um, well, coach, listen, I, I really had a blast. Thanks for, thanks for coming on and taking the time. Um, hopefully we can talk again soon. This, this was great, Joe. I really appreciate it, man. It was great just catching up, shooting, shooting the breeze. Um, bring me back to my, um, my younger days. It's been, it's been a while since I had to talk about, um, you know, how I got started with this sport and then, and my career as it developed through over the years. And, um, awesome. so I appreciate it. And, um, you know, let's keep in touch, man. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Game Changer Lacrosse Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Uvoli. You can follow me on Twitter at Joe Uvoli. You can find more episodes of the Game Changer Lacrosse Podcast on this season at thisseason.gc.com. If you like the podcast, please take a second to give it a positive review on iTunes. This helps more people find the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at GC Sports. And if you're a coach, a parent, or you run a traveler club team, check out Game Changer Team Manager in the App Store. It's an essential, all-in-one scheduling and communication app for lacrosse coaches and parents. Game Changer Team Manager is free, it's easy to use, and it doesn't serve ads. Learn more at gc.com forward slash team manager. Until next time, keep working and keep getting better.